the next episode of the Customer Acquisition Show from Tier 11. I'm Tom Meredith, VP of Marketing. And today I am joined with Kobe Topaz, our Director of Performance, and Jonathan Floral, who is one of our senior media buyers. In this recurring episode, we'll be talking about what's working now in Meta and generally all social advertising platforms. This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so, yeah, what's working in Meta these days? I'm seeing some success going back to like old tactics. For example, using some lifetime budgets and some e-commerce clients that I'm working with. We've noticed that during there are certain lulls in sales during the day, and it typically is around one to like five p.m. hours Eastern time, but during the hours of the individuals we're targeting. And so we started testing some lifetime budgets with our best performing audiences. So kind of horizontally scaling and using what has been working, but trying it in this lifetime budget scenario where we have it scheduled, and it's actually doing very well early on. So we're starting to expand the use of that and hopefully it'll continue. I know in the past, in order to continue seeing the better performance, we would typically duplicate the campaign and start it over. But with it being a new old test again, you know, we may try just editing it and expanding the end date and the actual budget and see how that goes. So for an amateur media buyer like myself, how would you simplify what I could do in my accounts? In terms of that particular tactic? Yeah. So in order to set it up, it basically is just at the ad level selecting, really the key is selecting at the campaign level, the lifetime budget feature instead of daily. And then there at the campaign level, also expanding the options to then also select running on a schedule. And then once you've done that, you go into the ad set level and you'll have those options available to actually set your end date and your actual scheduled hours. Do you have like a best practice as far as like how long or how much I should be deciding for my lifetime budget? You know, I typically will, depending on obviously the budget and the account, obviously we want to generate a certain number of conversions to be able to get through learning. So obviously I'll keep that in mind in terms of the existing CPAs and to try to get at least to start at least like five X the CPA per day. And then to make it easy, I'll do it in 10 day intervals, 10 or 20 day intervals, just to make it easy to calculate the math for the lifetime budget. And then when expanding it, how about you, what would your typical formula be for that? Yeah, I would use at least 5x for the target CPA and not just set the lifetime budget at least 30 days in advance. I mean, the asset will go for at least 30 days. And for me personally, when we were trying to scale those, every time we tweak the date or added budget, it failed. If you're seeing success doing that, then I mean, yeah, let's do it. It's important because like, if we're getting used to doing the same thing over and over or oh, it didn't work before, that's going to just a mindset to fail. So now that you're testing it and you're you're doing the opposite and it's working for you, then that's another example. That's true. Yeah, and that's a good point. Definitely. From a media buying perspective, it's that not necessarily, you know, always going back to different tactics that you tried before. Certainly things change over time. And also, of course, every business and particular offer is different too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you, Kobe? What's working? What do you see working these days in social advertising? One of the things that one of our media buyers tested, the mirror. He actually tested running ads without a URL in the ad copy. So he had one test with DCO and ads that had URLs. And then the second split test with ads, so sorry, second ad set without any URL in the ads. He let run it in the ads without the URL worked better. I think it's because it looks more native to the user. So maybe that could be one of the reasons. Or it could be just because he's a great media buyer. So you never know. Well, that's probably part of it. Do you think having a URL in the ad copy and a CTA button like gives too many options? 
people just have a hard time deciding? I would say it depends on a lot of people and how they behave. For me personally, I really like to keep URL and call to action in every ad. Sometimes I will test running an ad without a call to action on it to see because some audiences do respond differently. But like URL on the ad copy, for me, it was a must. But after seeing the Mills test, I'm reconsidering it. So you mentioned that you think it looks more native. I know we've been on this like native advertising train for a long time. Are you guys still seeing that more native looking ads are outperforming more brand or polished ads? Yeah, for my end, collage images are still working well. And I'm talking about simple images or just customers or that's just the brand, different products. So it looks really native. Like you wouldn't think that the collage image will have to be so professional looking. Like you just use paint or Canva to set it up really quick. And it's like, it's really easy. You don't have to be really sophisticated. And right. just this native looking type of ads working well still. And the creative team's creating these collages. I know we're keeping them simple, but how much thought is going into the images selected? Is it just putting it all up there or are we trying to cover like the whole buying journey or levels of customer awareness in there? I would say the biggest thing that we're focusing on is just to reflect the avatar. So either show customers who have similar to our target demographic or just the images that really show what the customer is interested about. We're not overthinking it. Just make it look native. Makes sense for sure. I've seen some videos that are successful that, again, native in the way that it almost looks like made to look like the platform itself, be it Instagram or Facebook stories, for example. But of course, you have to be cognizant of the fact that those ads can get disapproved if it looks a little too much like the application or if there's a button that you're trying to mimic, they'll definitely disapprove those. But otherwise, I've definitely seen some success those there where other advertisers I've actually seen where you're going through the feed and you see like it's like a 3D image coming out of an actual feed post, for example. So it looks like a post, but then it's a T-Rex coming out of it, like that kind of idea. Walking that fine line of like mimicking the interface, but not infringing on... Getting a meta, meta IP. <laughs> we don't want to get Zuck. Yeah. One thing that I've been seeing that's been, and it's for me, it's fairly new. I don't know how old it is, but like the expanded reach at the custom audience level, I don't see it available in all my accounts yet. But essentially, it's the ability for Facebook to reach outside of your audience when they will find conversions at a lower cost. And that feature has been available for some time at the targeting level. But now that has moved over to the ability to do that at the custom audience level. So if you've got a lookalike or even a retargeting audience, you can then expand it. I haven't necessarily used it with retargeting, of course, because with retargeting, we're trying to reach a specific audience very specifically, right? So I haven't tried to do it there. Although who knows, it may actually drive lower costs there too, of course, in general for that campaign. But I'm hopeful for that particular feature just because I know that when the expanded audience at the interest level was first released, I definitely saw a lot of success with it. And now it's basically almost in a lot of counts by default where you don't even have to select it. Staying on that the idea there a little bit of the audience, are you guys seeing more success with going broad or more interest or custom like targeting right now? I've seen interest in broad audiences working well, look alike. On some accounts, it depends, but it's like generally really interest, like strong interest based on research and broad. If your account has a lot of data, yep. that's what's working. Definitely. And I think that's a good point. It's like, if you know who your target audience is, and those boil down to usually some very specific interests, and you know what they are at this point, if you've run ads for some time, really, you, your focus is on that audience. And then like, to your point, outside of that, it's creating another very broad audience, completely open, practically, right? That then allows you to then be able to get insights that maybe you don't have from the knowledge that you do right now from your existing audience. And then of course, your lookalikes and that down to the account level, is always going to be more successful if you have more events. 
So if you're an individual that has conversion API set up with Facebook and you're sending them offline events, you're tracking a number of different conversions like leads and purchases, all that's going to help to, I think, allow that lookalike to perform a lot better, of course. So if I were to summarize, again, as my amateur media buyer, if I don't have a lot of data coming in, but I know who my customer is, I should be using interest targeting. But if I am getting a lot of data coming in, a lot of conversions, I'm better off going more broad and letting the algorithm or machine learning go find me all my customers. Definitely. And in a case, if you don't have a lot of conversion events, then I would do something like doing a lookalike of visitors, right? Just trying to get whatever source might have the most individuals based on your business and situation. And we may run broad and interest simultaneously. Right. So yeah, I wouldn't say it's like either this or that. We run them simultaneously. What other uh, things are working now? I would say one thing, instant experience ads are working well. Now with instant experience, for those who don't know what it is, it's basically when you click on an ad inside of Facebook, it opens up like a landing page inside of the ad ad platform. So inside of that instant experience, you can show your catalog, you can add a video, you can add images, you can add text. So you can use that also to pre-frame your audiences better. For example, if you're running ads for a customer, then their landing pages are horrible. They're just not converting. There's like a lot of issues there. What you can do is with the instant experience, you can pre-frame the audience better. If the messaging, for example, is weak on the landing page and the client is going to have slow time to turn it around or change it or whatever, you can use the instance experience to pre-frame the audience there. And then once they get to the landing page, if they're well, well, really pre-framed in the instance experience, the, the conversion could be higher. Let's go into like, when you say pre-frame, like how do we tackle like creating an instant experience that does that? Like what are some of the thinking that goes into that? It all comes down to what was the previous step and what is the next step that is expected from the audience. I mean, the previous step we talked about that they could download, for example, lead magnet to watch a certain webinar, but maybe now on the instant experience, we can add another testimonial, just add more sentences that could just strengthen the value that they'll get out of the webinar, for example. For example, a testimonial image from one of your customers, like an image and then right next to it, a quote, and then just another couple of sentences below it, just to pre-frame more. Right. So if we're thinking, this is just in terms of like the awareness levels, it's really just trying to smooth out that journey and reduce the big leaps that the customer has to make from one step to the next, like just really reduce friction. Yeah, you can reduce friction there, yeah, 100%. And you can also test it for e-commerce as well. Again, it it acts like as a pre-sale. For example, if you feel that the product page isn't strong enough, so you can use that instant experience to pre-frame the audience better. Or for example, let's say that your customer, they don't have a specific pages on their income store for any, any reason, or the product page is just set up there is messed up. You can set in the experience the specific products you want to feature. So you can directly put what you want to have there so the customer can select which products they're interested in if there are multiple products within the same category. Tell me if I'm wrong, Kobe, but if you have a Facebook shop, you could complete the purchase through the instant experience also, right? Going back to the shop, like the specific product in the shop. Yeah. If you have the option to check out inside of Facebook, yeah. Also, Pinterest are releasing this option as well. If you're using Shopify, right now, unfortunately, it's only for the organic channel, which doesn't interest me that much because if I'm not going to pay run paid ads to it, I don't care. But for those of you who have a strong experience in Pinterest, if you are running Shopify as well, then you can integrate the two platforms together and then people will be able to check out within Pinterest. So they won't have to go through Shopify and do everything there. 
everything's going to stay within Pinterest. That could also reduce the issues with a conversion rate or whatever. That's kind of been the, the promise for, I mean, basically ever since iOS 14 came out, right, where all these platforms are going to try to handle the sale and within that. Is this like the first major step of where we're seeing success like that? I don't want to get Apple CEO mad, but I do think Facebook are working on a really strong solution to this problem. Like they just started rolling back reporting features when you can compare different attribution windows, which was really strong prior to all the iOS 14. Like you can compare them with 70 click, 28 click, and then also they're going to be adding back the breakdown per age and gender and all that stuff. So I think, and again, I don't want to make Tim Cook, or I forgot his name, mad. And to some degree I do, but when I give Zach a big shout out, I do think they're working on a solution. It's like, why should they release these features if they're not working on something bigger? And Landon, one of our awesome co-strategists, thinks the same. And Landon is the super smart guy. So if he thinks that, he's probably right. Landon is a super smart guy. And I would say Facebook, even though they're they're like burning like $9 billion on the metaverse, they're still highly invested in their main moneymaker and that's advertising, right? So anything they can do to... I mean, that's where their financial interest is. I think you're right that Zach is still focused. Steve Jobs is probably going to hunt me in my dreams, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's funny. I know we've had just okay experiences with instant experience in the past. Like, is there anything that we've done differently now or is just something changed on the Facebook side where we're really seeing more success here? I know, I don't think we did something really, really different. It's just, it's what we said in the beginning, just cycling back all tactics, giving mm. them another chance, maybe with a small twist. No, you can try them again and see. Like, for example, one of the other things that works for a couple of other accounts is just looking historically for the last six months at ads that performed well, your best performers, and just relaunch them on a new campaign. Now, you can use the ads as they are with all the social proof and everything, but if you want to take it another level, sometimes the machine, because it's already used to the ad, and it knows that the ad started to dig. Maybe when you will relaunch it, it won't get the same effect. So what you can do is you can just recreate the ads from scratch, and then they will have post IDs. And then you can set up a split test, all the ads with the social proof versus best performance without any social proof, and give them a go and see what happens. And that makes a lot of sense, because we know the machine learning happens on the post ID level. So even if you're using that in new campaigns and new ad sets, like it's going to bring all that with it. So if it has fatigue, then you don't want to bring your fatigue with you. You might want to try something new, try to trick the algorithm with Here's my twin sister. How are you, Jonathan? What's working now? Well, I would consider it social media advertising also, but I don't know if you guys have ever done anything with Nextdoor ads. The plot, I'm still fairly new to it, but it's, I was actually surprised by how advanced the actual advertising platform is in it. For example, you even have the ability to target household income still, like Facebook used to be able to with third-party data options. And what's really interesting about it is that you can also do some dynamic text replacement in the ads themselves where you can then, if you're targeting a specific neighborhood or city, you can call out that city in your ads dynamically. So you can target the whole country, but then it'll dynamically change based on where that ad is delivered. So that thought that was a pretty neat feature. And they do have, you know, of course, very similar campaign types for awareness, consideration, 
and conversions as well. So they've got their pixel. They still don't have the, like an API available, custom API. But besides that, I'm looking forward to seeing what it can do. In this particular case where I'm going to be testing it, they really want to go after homeowner audiences. So it's a really good platform for that, of course, because that's another thing you can target is specifically homeownership because right. they do have that information on you. Can you target like how angry your neighbors are, like their anger level? Because I feel <laughs> like that's most my next door. Right. Or, yeah, exactly. Or you know, lost the pets, right? Yeah. So like thinking through like this next door, how would you approach the creative or extra? Like what's the customer looking for there? You know, the creative that we're looking at is almost like Kobe's point about being more native to the platform. And if you look at it in the platform itself and the way people are advertising, they're definitely not polished ads. Okay. They're just using a lot of stock imagery, very basic type ads. But it's because if you look at them the way that they're displayed in the platform itself, it's almost like a display type advertising just through the feed. Basically, we're looking at a very simple type ads, again, trying to speak to the avatar specifically, and maybe a, a small hook call to action on the ad itself. Even that, this is almost going back to where Facebook didn't like text. It seems like this is a case where you could definitely run ads without text, but we're going to be testing it with and without to see what happens. But you know, I think it's going to be an interesting test. We're not going to spend a whole lot of money there, but again, as a new potential platform, it'd be interesting to see. Are you doing the creative like nationally or regionally or even neighborhood? In this case, it's going to be regional, so statewide, because it's a travel client specifically. So it's almost like a day drive. So we're trying to reach a fairly local audience that are be able to drive to the location. I just think like if you can, can do it by neighborhood, how do you get creative that's neighborhood specific? Do you just like copy paste from Google Maps? Right. Well, I think right. that even then it's general. And then what's going to be specific is more just the ad copy itself. Like your neighbors are using the lawn care service successfully or your neighbors are having great success. You can kind of call out that way. And then and you can target to a specific zip code. So you could potentially do a very specific copy in that way. Do they have dynamic fields? Like I know, for example, native ad platforms like Tabula, Outbrain, they have dynamic fields that you can add to your headline. So you put in the title, you put, for example, CD, state or whatever. And then it will show like drivers from Texas. No, this, no, no, no. I don't remember if Nextdoor has that feature or they don't. That's basically what it is. Yeah, you would put in like within the copy itself, kind of like the code that will then place whatever particular variable, like you're saying, like whether it's city or state, and it will dynamically change that variable based on where it's being delivered. So you can target more broadly and then use, let's say, a state name dynamically and then target the whole U.S., for example, but then call out each individual state. I've seen like ads all over the place in Israel. Like people in Israel are freaking out about this new anti-snoring device. Like, <laughs> people are running these ads in Bula and Outbrain, those native ad platforms. Yep. You can clearly see that it's someone who isn't from Israel, just use Google Translate to translate their page. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it was really interesting because like you see this headline, it's like, oh, it's relevant to me. People who live in X and then they put your city name are mm-hmm. getting huge discounts on their mortgage. Like, oh, that's really relevant to me. Yep, exactly. And obviously, I think service businesses will do very well there, right? Because obviously, I think a lot of people go on next door to maybe find those type of reviews from their neighbors, right? You know, they're getting your roof changed, who did your roof, that kind of thing. But so this will still be an interesting case where it's not that and it's more of an actual travel offer. So we'll see how that goes. Does Nextdoor tend to be expensive? Actually, low cost is what I understand. Very low CPMs because I think there's oh, yeah. less competitive right now. Right. So it'll be interesting. I'll definitely keep you guys updated, let you know how that goes. That's really interesting. 
Are there any other like social platforms that you guys are have run up stuff on recently that are intriguing to you? I would say Pinterest, you said LinkedIn. They're also stepping up their game, it seems. They've updated their platform quite a bit recently. Now have like their own business manager, which they didn't have for a while. So now you can manage your assets more efficiently, especially at like an agency level. But uh, one thing that I found really interesting that they released not too long ago is uh, document ads. And that is pretty unique to, and I know Facebook used to have something like this, but basically where you can promote the direct download of an ebook, PowerPoint, an infographic, or even just a Word doc, but basically content that you can either just give away to your base or just build awareness, or you have the option to request a lead prior to getting access to that. So you can actually collect leads from it, which obviously I think is going to be the most compelling way to use it. That's interesting because the normal lead magnet would be a PDF, right? But the fact that you can do a doc that people mm -hmm. could use as a template, I mean, obviously you want to trade, ideally you trade a lead for that, but think about what you could do branding wise and even exactly. additional steps within that document. Fill all this out, but go to our website to get the final thing. Exactly. And that's the other thing is that it gives you insights as to how much the users read from the document too. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty neat. Now, LinkedIn, of course, is a little bit more expensive, but it's really good for reaching those niche audiences, you know, especially B2B. I'm hoping to test that soon. I'd like to find a way to use that because I think it's a pretty neat feature that's, you know, unique to LinkedIn right now anyway. Well, if you want to test it, we can test it with the uh, tier 11 marketing advertising budget. Just, Sounds good. I've got Ralph's credit card, so we can try things. <laughs> all right, all right. There's a new TV I've been wondering for quite some time. A new thing I want to start testing here is like buyer sentiment score. So on these calls, whether it's meta or social or even when we get to the Google, what's working now, what do you guys feel like the buyer sentiment is right now in the marketplace? I think people will really take it, took a lot of steps back because of all the issues that were happening this past year. I do think that Black Friday Cyber Monday is going to be crazy because people saved up. You know, a lot of offers that we're running out, some of them are really like luxury offers. So people right now wouldn't have the money to put on it. Like they would prefer to put that on something else, which explains why the conversion drops. But I think that as we will get closer to Black Friday, people will start adding up and saving up money for Black Friday because it's not, they know they're going to get a lot of the stuff that they want at a huge discount. So I think this year, Black Friday is going to be really strong. Yeah, I would agree with you there, Kobe. I think that things were a bit tough. And I would say that consumer sentiment was five or below for September going into October. And you know, some of that is seasonality, of course, because typically from year to year, I think that there is a lull during that period because of the back to school season and then the end of the summer vacation season and going into the fall. And then does typically pick up again, of course, as we get closer to the holidays and get to those to the Black Friday and those sale events. But even just over the last week, I would say I'm seeing much better improvement in overall sales in general. So I would say consumer sentiment seems to be improving. It's definitely trending on the way up, I would say, recently. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've noticed more so this year than in previous years. I'm starting to get emails like prepping me for like Black Friday and like what the specific deals are. It's like almost like some of these advertisers have given up on trying to make the sale right now and just building as much steam going into Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Right. Yeah, and some advertisers, I've already seen some Black Friday ads hit in the Facebook too. How early it's is it? More, it's too early. Yeah, it's like it's not Black Friday anymore. It's like yeah. it's just like the whole shopping season now. <laughs> have either of you accidentally left on Black Friday, Cyber Monday ads year round and seen how that does? I won't comment. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been bold enough to test it, but 
I've done it before where not by like all year, but maybe where it's like a week or two past, but it's still converting. So it's hard to shut it off because it still converts. But then you get to that point where then people, it just drops off completely. Yeah. But if the algorithm's doing its job, it'll turn it, it'll start finding people again, probably this time of year. Yeah. I guess the number one rule or our golden rule or Angie's golden rule here is something's working. Don't turn it off. No touchy. Yeah. No touchy. Words to live by. Yeah. Oh, any other uh, final things that are you guys are seeing working in meta and social these days? I would say one last thing. I'm not mentioning the one, two lifestyle images. That's just an image of a person who holds a book next to the beach, and we've been trying to beat it for over a year, and it's just not working. And any image that's similar to it is just crushing it. So lifestyle images definitely give them a go. And then one tactic that works well. And it's from Kyle, info labels. So if you're running commerce ads, you can add info labels into your ads. So for example, if you're offering free shipping, you can add that and then it will be at the bottom of the image. So for example, you can add info label for free shipping or a 30-day return. Basically, anything that you can think of, you can add it there. Just make sure that you have Advantage Plus. Make sure it, make sure it is turned off. And then once you select those info labels, they'll be right below your ad and just preframing better and uh, giving you better explain your offer to the customer. Maybe people won't read your entire ad copy on the ad, but once they see the image and then they see the info labels, okay, they, they understand what you what you have to say, and then that could help. You were saying in order to use it, you can't have Advantage Plus on. You mean the yeah. budget at the budget level yeah. or the ad level? Okay, budget ad level. Okay. Are you guys seeing more success with uh, images or videos these days? Hard to say. It depends on the account. Yeah. I would say the key thing is to have both. Yeah. I mean, right. it also depends, right? Like what's working better, images or videos? Well, what are you showing on the images? And what are you showing on the videos? Are they yeah. useful? Are they not? So it really depends on what the content is. And I know one thing that Facebook continues to say is pushing the use of like view-through campaigns and to use those in tandem with your conversion campaigns that they're seeing big lift when advertisers run video view-through campaigns along with conversion campaigns. So maybe that's something that advertisers can test as using videos for a purpose where you're actually generating those views specifically as well. Are you retargeting those view audiences? Okay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's just basically to build top of funnel at very low cost. Is there a general rule of thumb for balancing the budget between like that consideration phase and the conversion phase and awareness, I guess? I think it depends on the customer, of course, and budget allocations available. But I would say typically like 80-20 rule is always good, like 20% in terms of retargeting, 80% going towards new. I would say also for consideration and those traffic campaign, video views campaign, I think it's really important to run them because not all people will be ready to buy right now. The conversion campaign, it's really, really competitive. And you're getting at the top of the creme de la creme of the audience who Facebook thinks are more likely to convert right now, right? Within this short time period. So that's also explaining why the CPMs are higher if you will launch, for example, a video views campaign. Just a video views campaign, not a conversion campaign optimized for purchase, for example. So, I mean, if you have a strong video strategy to educate your customers, or even if you don't have video, you just want to get people to a lead magnet and then you nurture them through the email, that could help as well because some people, they just won't be able to convert right now. Would it be able, would it want to convert? So it's important that you also educate them uh, even further. I think it's one of the things that uh, as advertisers, we sometimes forget that we're also consumers. And so to put right. yourself in that consumer mode of like, I'm not always ready to buy, but it doesn't mean I don't want to learn more. So that I am. 
prepared when I'm ready. Definitely. Great. I think people neglected this strategy because I know it was really, really common a couple of years ago. I think one of the reasons why people started moving away because just costs started to add up every year. So it's like your tolerance on, okay, I'll have this video views campaign that doesn't generate me profit, if any, because I know people are converting on the back end after like 30 days. Now, because the costs are so high, people are moving away from it, but it's definitely worth considering revisiting it. I don't know if you guys have seen any of this, but do you tend to find that the more you run like video views, the more you actually convert on Google? Like, are those connected? It's an interesting thought, though. I do see that on some accounts, depends on the niche, you'll get a lot of views through conversions on Facebook because people are converting on Google. Yeah. So we have customers that sell up to like a $1,000 product, $2,000 product right off the bat. And if you're selling that on Facebook, it's going to really, really help to get someone to purchase it right now, right? But if you put that ad on Google for someone who's actually actively searching for it, then option to convert is significantly higher. So that way, someone may, may see your ad on Facebook, but then convert through Google because it's just, just different mindset. But these platforms are all like, tied together. It's true. That's the benefit of like RLSA, right? Like remarketing list for search ads. Like you could run, potentially get all your top of funnel awareness from Facebook at very low cost, and then run a branded campaign to your retargeting list. So if they search for you again, obviously you're going to then get a bid modifier and get to the top of the search results. So even though this is a meta-focused episode, it's still always really important for all of the marketing to work together. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Because you can't predict where how customers are going to finally land in your cart. Yep. Great. Well, thank you, Kobe and Jonathan. This was a fun episode. We'll probably do these monthly. So mind some new amazing tactics or some more new social networks to advertise on for next time. Will do. All right. Like talking to you guys. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. Thank and uh, I'll see you guys later. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes.